0: This is a time uh, when we that we call Palm Sunday, when Jesus rode into uh, Jerusalem, uh, knowing what would befall him there. He did not shrink back, and it's uh, for many of us it's a story that we have heard all of our lives uh, with regularity, and uh, some in the faith call this Holy Week. Uh, but it's a time of celebrating the the death of Jesus Christ, which means our life. It's a story that I've never gotten uh, so used to that it is boring. It's not at all boring to me. I love hearing the story because it is through Christ's selflessness that you and I were saved. Uh, I would like to um, begin in Matthew chapter 21. I I was going to start earlier, but I thought I would would start in 21 and then go back and show some things that led up to this. In Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 1, the scripture reads, Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. I find that very, very interesting, too, that Jesus, of course, knowing all things that would befall him, gave them an amazing script. And so often Jesus gives us a script, but we will sometimes uh, veer away from that script. And I would like for all of us to commit ourselves to what Jesus has given to us. And then he says, uh, he told them what to say uh, when, if if somebody should ask, what what are you doing? Why are you loosing these animals? He said, tell them the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. He says, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets saying, speaking of Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah. There are things that are spoken in scripture concerning the church of Jesus Christ. And when we read those things that are concerning the church of Christ, we must see ourselves in those scriptures that pertain to us. I've told you before that uh, many years ago when I was reading uh, the scriptures and I read in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea and I read that with an understanding. I, I was supposed to read this. That There was a, one day a, a young a kid from East Texas was supposed to read this and do something about it. I would like for you to see yourselves in the scripture. And don't listen to people who say, oh, that's not for you. Paul did the same thing. He saw himself in scriptures that were clearly messianic. And he was not the Messiah, but he was sent by the Messiah. And when he read them, He said, this was speaking of us. And so, likewise, I believe the scriptures are speaking to us today. And this is what was fulfilled by that that act that the disciples obeyed the Lord and did what he said. And it fulfilled the scripture. This is amazing that you and I, when we're obedient, we fulfill the scripture. And these are not just writings, sayings. These are God's words. And he says here, this is what they fulfilled. Tell the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, lowly and sitting on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. They brought the donkey and the colt, laid their clothes on them, and set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road then the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying Hosanna to the son of David blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord Hosanna in the highest and that's what happened on this date many many years ago and I want to to take you back from that because there were some things that preceded that. These things that preceded that led to this particular day. What have you and I done in our lives that are going to lead us to a culmination of things? That's going to lead us to a fulfillment of that which God has promised not only to us but to all of his body. And this is found in John chapter 7. I would like to read starting in verse 1, John chapter 7, that Christ's brothers do not believe is what the caption here is. Uh, The heading is Christ's brothers do not believe. And, And so Jesus had to live his life through unbelief. Those who were closest to him, he led, he continued to lead a life devoted to God the Father, regardless of what was in his house. This is amazing. Have you ever felt like giving up? You know, when you see Jesus Christ going straight to Jerusalem, his, his face is like a flint, chiseled, going in a direction, and the disciples were amazed on the road. He's told us he's going to die, and he's going with such a good gait, a, a sturdy pace. He's going to Jerusalem to meet what God has there for him. Is that the way you and I are living our lives? You know, this should remind us just not only the good, the good news. Oh, I'm saved from hell, which is very, very good news. But it, not only that, what did it take? It takes our daily obedience. So let's look at verse 1. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. For he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews thought to kill him. So Jesus was always watching and praying, walking carefully, not, not timidly. But be making sure that he was walking in the will of God. Do you and I walk in the will of God like that? And this is what we have to ask ourselves. Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers, therefore, said to him, depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. Now, They wanted him to step outside the will of God. They didn't know they wanted him to step outside the will of God. But because they were not thinking God, they were, did not have God thoughts, their counsel was outside the will of God. And you and I are confronted with that sometimes in our very homes. This is what he says. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. And so they misunderstood Jesus. They totally misunderstood. And there will be people who misunderstand you. But don't let that deter you. Don't let that stop you. Don't throw up your hand and give up. It is said that familiarity breeds contempt. I've heard that much of my life. But not with everyone. Only with the undiscerning. Familiarity breeds contempt with those who are not discerning. Because those of us who have discernment, those of us who sense what God is doing, we are not, we don't find those people God is using contemptible. Jesus' brothers and brothers at this point were more influenced by the world around them than they were about God in the house with them. This is what you and I must why you you and I must be astute at all times. What about you? Do you follow earthly inclinations or the Holy Spirit's direction? They were influenced by those things that were around them more than they were about God in the house with them. To influence means to flow into. It's power to produce or effects on. Uh, the actions or behavior of others. That's what influence is. So if you are a person of influence, you are, something, you are someone who is flowing into the lives of others. You have the, the ability, the power to produce effects and, and affect the actions or the behavior of others. Are you influencing people for Christ is the question. So Jesus was influencing, although it was not apparent, That he was influencing. His brothers were more concerned about the world around them. And we have to ask ourselves the question if we too are more concerned about the world around us than the God within us. So Jesus constantly talked about timing. My time has not come. The first portion of scripture we read from Matthew 21 verses 1 through 9. Jesus was saying, my time has come. You know, that's what he is actually saying. But there was a a particular juncture in his life, his time had not come. Sometimes we act as human beings prematurely, don't we? We act prematurely. So this is not a time, this time in which we're living, to act prematurely or presumptuously. Don't act presumptuously. Don't just presume, oh, I've always done this. I have found in the last month or so, better than a month, that the enemy's attacks against us have taken on another dimension. They are, they are more forceful, stronger, more vicious coming against us. So that means that we have to make sure that we are not, as it were, reacting to the enemy, but responding in a way that is, that is godly, that is with the knowledge of God, that is godly-wise. We must respond in kind, as it were. So, so let's go back to my time has not come. Verse 5 says, for even his brothers did not believe in him. Even his brothers. So sometimes you'll have brothers and, and sisters who misunderstand you. They won't really believe that you have heard from God. And they try to give you worldly wisdom. That's what Jesus' brothers did. They gave, tried to give him worldly wisdom. You're going to give God world, worldly wisdom. And if mankind would try to counsel God with worldly wisdom, how much more you how much more you? John chapter 1, verses 10 and 11 says, uh, say, he was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. Isn't it amazing? He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. So you, are, you and I are his people. We should know him. We should know the, the nuances of God. There's the things that are unspoken. There's just the way that I felt the day. The way that I sensed something and this will be your salvation. Then he says in verse 11, he came to his own or his own people and his own or his own people did not receive him. Wow. So that means that you too will have the same experiences. You don't give up. You don't say, well, what's the use? I can't stand people anymore. I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. I'm just going to sit at home by myself. I won't go to church anymore. Well, I will tell, I promise you, food has upset your stomach before if you're alive, you've been alive for any while. It has upset your stomach before and you have not stopped eating. You've seen something on television that was terrible, horrible, but you've not stopped turning it on. Yes, and if you have lived as in the time period where I was, chairs weren't so reliable. Sometimes you would sit in a chair and it would break, not because you were overweight but because it was a faulty chair. But you haven't stopped sitting down. So why should you stop going to church? What we find in this story is that Christ, Jesus marched to a different heartbeat, the father's heart. His brothers, however, marched to the drumbeat of the world, loud, clanging, self-centered. What music are you listening to? It's the question during this amazing time period that we are living in. A crazy time period, nevertheless amazing. Because Jesus said, when you see certain signs, you should look up. Not look away, but look up. For your redemption draws near. And this is what this season reminds me of. Verse 6 says, then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come. He didn't say, my time hasn't come. He says, my time has not yet come. But your time is always ready. Those people who are in the world, they just do whatever they want to do. But those of us who are, who are listening to the Holy Spirit, walking in the counsel of the Holy Spirit, our time will come when he tells us it's our time. Jesus' mission was to only do what the Father instructed him to do. In John chapter 2, verse 4 We read, and Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? That was his own mom. My hour has not yet come. He was not being disrespectful for those of you who may not like the terminology woman. Some of the terminologies that we use, uh, you know, 50, 60 years ago aren't too much used by the kids today. But it was not a, a... uh, a, a comment or a statement of derision or of disrespect, but Jesus was saying to him basically, Mom, uh, my time hasn't come yet. You know, don't get me involved in that. Because Jesus had one focus, one goal, and that is to do what the Father gave him to do at the time the Father gave him to do it. Sometimes you find yourself sort of an outcast when you really follow the Lord. And sometimes we Want to compromise, you know, saying things like, Lord, would you just forgive me for this time if I give in to that? I know believers who've done that. And perhaps some are in this audience today. So let's look at what Jesus is saying. My hour has not come yet. So So Mary, being the mother she was, she said, whatever he tells you, do it. So obviously, he had never performed a miracle, but she knew that he had a manner about him. She knew he had done everything well from the time he was a little child because he had learned from God. He had been educated by God. I like to say to people who ask me about my educational background, I'm homeschooled by God. Pastor Jackson has a t-shirt, God Taught. I'm, I'm homeschooled by God. In John chapter 7, verse 30, it says, So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him, speaking of Jesus, because what? His hour had not yet come. No one can do anything against you until your hour comes. That doesn't mean that you live a careless life, but you live a life carefully following the Holy Spirit. This week reminds me of Jesus carefully following the leading of his father, riding into Jerusalem at the right time, fulfilling scripture at the right time. You and I, too, fulfill scripture. Let's do it at the right time. Jesus goes on to say in verse 7, the world cannot hate you, he said to his brothers, but it hates me because I testify of it that its works are are evil. I ask sometimes when I read this, are we testifying against the world? Or are we just too timid to say what God puts in our heart? I'm not saying just go out on your own. But You know, there was a, an example in the scriptures when Israel was coming out of Egypt and they were disobedient and they would not go up to, to fight. And so uh, Moses it got onto them, and so they decided uh, uh, they would go up and fight, um, uh, and uh, they were so defeated. They were so defeated because God wasn't with them. We have to do God's will, God's way, and at the right time. Here he says, Jesus, in John chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, says, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. This is what God wants for us. And then so, he, so let's go back to the, uh, his conversation with his brothers. He said to them, you go up to this feast. I'm not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. So he said, you go, because his time was not to go when they went. Because they wanted him to do something grandiose. They wanted him to go and show him, I am, we are, I am the Messiah, you know. But it, that was not God's way. He did not want that. Let's look at it. Verse 9. So when he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. His brothers wanted him to show himself with some type of undeniable way to the world in some type of uh, undeniable way to the world, but the Father's way was not man's way. So oftentimes we miss brothers and sisters because God's way is not our way. God's ways are different. He's told us in, through the prophet Isaiah that 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 my ways are not your ways, your thoughts are not like my thoughts. the the The, the, the gap is heaven and earth. That's an eternity. It's an infinite number. So. His his way was not the the grandiose way. His way was the cross. The cross was God's public display of a dying, bruised, bloody, obedient servant. Is God's time in your timing? Since God's way is the cross, is it yours also? The Father's way was Jesus' way. So what am I saying? I'm saying that you and I are living in this amazing time powerfully amazing, the time in which we live. But at the same time, it's very difficult. We can turn on the television and find all kinds of difficult things going on in the world. Right now, we have a war, and we're seeing people slaughtered. Can you still eat your pizza without praying? Does it affect you? It affects me. One, of, one member of the church encouraged me because... Obviously, he knew something from the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm blessed by you, Pastor, because you are reminding me of the Old Testament prophets. They were addressing things that were going on in their day when they preached. But I think sometimes, you know, not you, obviously, but some some people want to hear something nice and sweet because they're tired of the crazy stuff. No, we need to understand the crazy stuff. And we need to know our part in it. Are you willing to walk things out the Jesus way or are you going to continue to walk them out the worldly way? The Jesus way was the cross. The Jesus way was what we call antithetical to the world's way. The world's way was to ride into a place as a conquering hero, dry, riding on your white or your black horse and with your soldiers behind you showing your great power. But God says, no, I'm going to have a bleedy, bloody, dying Savior on the cross. Such, such an amazing scene. I would like to just, just, uh, to just re- remind you of a, of a story on the cross uh, where uh, the two thieves were railing on him uh, on Jesus man if you're the say if you are who you say you are and who these people are saying you are then uh, you need to save yourself and save us too but the but something happened something happened and one of the thieves uh, changed his mind he changed his attitude and he saw that this man is forgiving the people who put him here he's forgiven them What kind of man would do that? No no man that he had ever consorted with. And he said, Lord, remember me when you when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus stopped the dying process. What an amazing savior to save that man. Jesus is amazing. Jesus is amazing. He doesn't do things the way we do them. In verse 10, it says, when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, in secret. He had to go in secret in order for God's plan to work. So God's plan is not always publicity. May I say that? I'm not in any way jealous of of mega churches. I'm not at all. Uh, As a matter of fact, bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. But this is what I do know. Oftentimes, God works in obscure places. He works in places where the enemy doesn't suspect him nor expect him. They just, the enemy doesn't think, ah, that's nothing. Oh, that was just a few people. Oh, that's just 300 men. They can't defeat an army of 20 or 30,000 but but Gideon and his army did. So look look at what God is saying through the Holy Spirit. It says then the the Jews or the Jewish leaders sought him at the feast and said, "Where is he?" And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said, "He is good." Others said, "No, on the contrary, he deceives the people." However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews or the Jewish leaders. Do you wisely Speak openly of the Father and his Son when prompted by the Holy Spirit. Do you wisely do it on your job? Do you wisely do it wherever you are? Or are you embarrassed? You know, I've gone through embarrassment. If there's anybody here, I've gone through embarrassment. I just didn't want anybody to think I was one of them. I I wanted to be one of them, but I didn't want. Everybody pointing at me. And God grew me out of it. And I'm bold. Because the righteous are as bold as a lion. Amen. Amen. I'm going to to read a few scriptures sort of hurriedly. Because the next section of this message is Christ's authority uh, comes from the Father. And so you have to understand... Who gave you your authority? Now, if you are a believer today, someone had to give you the authority. So God has given you the authority. So then he said, now about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple. This, all this happened before this amazing week, this last week on earth. These things had to happen. You and I are going to have a last week on the earth too. But have we done the necessary things leading up to that last week? I'm going to be successful in my last week on the earth because I've been faithful every other week on the earth. That's what that looks like. And I'm encouraging you, the believers of God, those of you who are in this audience and those of you who are online, I'm encouraging you. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that we have been looking forward to. Let's be found faithful today. Let's be found faithful. Let's be the voice of God to the ungodly. Let's speak boldly as the Spirit leads. Listen to what he says. So he says now about the middle of the feast. Jesus went up into the temple and taught, and the Jews marvelled, saying, "How does this man know letters, having never studied?" Jesus answered them and said, "My doctrine is not mine, but His who sent me. My doctrine is not mine, but His who sent me. As." Did Christ, so do we. He says in John 7, 18, As you sent me into the world, I also have, John 17, uh, 18, As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Father, as you sent me, as you scripted me, I have scripted them. That's what the scriptures are. The scriptures are our script. And then Jesus says, if anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Amen. Let me read it again. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. Amen. Likewise, the church. Yes. He who speaks for himself seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Amen. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keeps the law? Why do you seek to kill me? Jesus called him out. Why do you seek to kill me? And the people answered and said, you have a demon. Who is seeking to kill you? So those same people who were, who were seeking to kill him were, were bold-faced liars. What does that mean, brothers and sisters? You and I will be confronted as we live in this last hour with bold-faced liars. But don't let that keep you from your final week. Don't let that keep you from why God saved you and gave you a purpose. Amen. He says, the people answered and said, you have a demon? And it goes on, Jesus told them, let me find my place. Moses therefore gave you circumcision, not that it was from Moses, Verse 22, but from the fathers and you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath so that the law of Moses should not be broken, are you angry with me because I made a man whole? I made a man completely well on the Sabbath. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. And this is the message of the Lord to us. Let us do exactly what Jesus has given us to do. I want, I want to end right now, but I want us to just think about this for just a moment. Am I doing what Jesus gave me to do? What is my last week on the earth going to look like? Will I have success my last week? Not if I've not been successful every other week. It's all of the other weeks that are building up to a culmination of something. Perhaps God has called you for a particular purpose. I know he has, and you know what that particular purpose is. So whatever he has called you for, called you to, don't leave this world without having finished it. I want you to finish well. Finish strong. I want to be able to say, with my last breath, Lord Jesus, the work you gave me to do, I have completed it. I want that for you. I'll be back in a moment.